Hi, my name is Mark Riggins, and I'm pastor here at LifePoint, located in Plano, Texas, and we meet here every Sunday at 1030, and we are here for your family. I hope today's message is an encouragement to you. Well, good morning and Happy New Year. Hey, I don't know if you make resolutions, if that's your thing or not, um, but I, I was reading a list this, just this week, and it was on the internet, so you know it's true, that there are these common resolutions, and can you guess what the most common New Year's resolution is? Just shout it out if you think you know what it might be. Yeah, that it, one of you said it. Uh, so I'll, I'll give you the, the five. The, the fifth one was to develop a new habit or um, a, a new uh, a skill of some kind. The fourth one was to quit smoking. The third one was to read more. I thought that was pretty good. The second one was to lose weight. The most common one was, can you guess it? Exercise more. Yeah, exercise more. So I actually want us to consider a New Year's resolution in here today. But unlike most New Year's resolutions, most of our New Year's resolutions, including those five I just read, are about how our lives are better. This New Year's resolution that I want to encourage you to consider, seriously consider today, is how you can make somebody else's life better. And I actually want you to consider making this a resolution this year. We'll get to it here in just a minute. You see, we're going to look forward to 2022 a lot in today's message, but we're also going to look back a little bit. And I just want to say, if you're a guest here, today I'm going to be predominantly talking to people who regularly attend LifePoint. But I want you to know that I'm really glad that you're here today for two reasons. Number one, you get to kind of peek behind the curtain and see what we're about. And two, you're going to discover how important it is for us to have people like you here. We really do want to create a place where you feel welcomed and you are a part of our community. So I'm really glad that you're here today for this service. So we're going to look forward in a minute, but first I think we need to look back on 2020. One and all that God did last year. Those of you who regularly attended in here know that we spent in 2021 almost five months going through one book, the book of Acts. We finished it together. We spent 23 Sundays going through the book of Acts. And if you were here for the entire year, you know that we memorized some verses together. We, in fact, memorized six verses together, and I wanted us to say them out loud again together so that you don't lose them. In fact, if you're like me, these are great ways when you wake up in the middle of the night, instead of counting sheep, this is a good exercise is just to recall all these verses so that you can think about things that are true, praiseworthy, and good. All right, so here they are. Here are the verses that we memorized together. First, we started off memorizing Romans 5.8. So would you say it out loud with me? But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us, Romans 5.8. And then we memorized Acts 1.8. Say it with me. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth, Acts 1.8. And then we memorized John 10.10. Say it with me. The thief comes to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. 
John 10, 10. And then we went back to the book of Acts and we memorized Acts 15, 19. It is my judgment, therefore, that we should not make it difficult for the Gentiles who are turning to God. And this was the big one, Acts 20, 24. Say it with me. However, I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me, the task of testifying to the good news of God's grace, Acts 20, 24. And last but not least, Isaiah 7, 14. Say it with me. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel, Isaiah 7, 14. Hey, give yourselves a hand. You memorized a lot of verses this year. Good job. <laughs> Renewing the mind, right? This is what we get to do. We're going to go through some more books of the Bible this year. We're going to memorize some more verses this year. All you got to do is come and we'll go through that together and put those things to memory. I think 2021 was not only significant because of what we've just talked about. I believe it was literally a historical year for our church. And so with that in mind, we had a video created that just sort of commemorates what 2021 was about and celebrates all that God did here. So take the next few moments and let's watch this video as we celebrate 2021 together. Hi, I'm Mark Riggins, senior pastor here at LifePoint, and I am thrilled to take a few minutes to share with you some of the amazing things God did in 2021 here at our church. God's fingerprints were obvious to see, so we want to take a minute to celebrate just some of what God did. It is clear that 2021 was a historic year at LifePoint Church. In March, my family was privileged to accept the invitation to become only the second senior pastor in LifePoint's history. We already love partnering with you to share Jesus and build believers right here in Collin County. After 32 incredible years, our founding pastor, George Pfizer, retired. And we were able to celebrate his decades of faithful ministry. We are so blessed to build on such a great legacy. In May, we shared the vision that God was leading us to establish a second campus to reach more people for Jesus. And we are looking for a location to the north where hundreds of young families are moving annually. We will become one church with two locations. Now, why do we have a vision for two campuses? Because there is nothing greater than sharing Jesus and then witnessing people go from death to life. This past year, we celebrated 35 people being baptized at LifePoint. We are still celebrating these life-changing decisions and we give God all the glory. Thank you for giving and serving to create a place where life change happens. We also witnessed new growth in 2021 because many of you were inviting your friends to our Sunday services. Our average attendance steadily increased by an average of 6% throughout last year. This past fall, we launched life groups which meet on Sundays at 9 a.m. So far, 160 of you are experiencing growth, 
connection and care through these groups. There were also countless Bible studies, care groups, and prayer groups that cared for and encouraged people throughout the year. People just like you are also serving regularly. Together, you fill more than 300 volunteer roles to make the ministry of LifePoint Church happen. And, and I just want to say a massive thank you. Ministry is impossible without your investment. LifePoint, you are a generous people. And because of your generosity, financial giving has increased 4% year over year compared to 2020. Your giving allowed us to give back to our global partners around the world and our local partners right here in Collin County. Our LifePoint Kids Ministry experienced an amazing year. They had so much fun learning about Jesus and they partnered with parents to disciple their kids at home. There was a lot of growth and life change happening in LifePoint Kids last year. They even hosted the Summer Family Nights, Superhero and Princess Sunday, and the It's Snowing Sunday. We saw God do amazing things in our student ministries too. Our students praised God for the ability to re-engage with one another in some ways they were unable to do in 2020. In February, our students gathered for the D-Now weekend. In June, our students joined hundreds of other students at camp in New Mexico. And this past fall, our students returned to Sunday morning services and in-person life groups. Attendance has been increasing and we celebrate the life change happening among our students. And there's just so much more that we could celebrate God's goodness in 2021. And now, as we look forward, we are anticipating all that God is planning for us in the new year. As God leads us to establish a second campus so we can reach more people for Jesus, we are grateful for each of you at LifePoint and how God has been moving through you. We are anticipating God moving supernaturally through you in 2022 as we share Jesus and build believers like never before. And as we anticipate this new year, I just want to echo the words of the Apostle Paul. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we could ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Well, there's a lot to be grateful for, amen? <clears throat> Praise the Lord for all he did through you in 2021. And now, as we look forward to 2022, what we know is we can not coast. And let me tell you why. Because this year, 2022, I believe we are now stewards of an unprecedented opportunity. You may be wondering, well, what's unprecedented about our opportunity? What is it that's unique in 2022? And I just want to tell you, our opportunity is we get to share Jesus with more people. And you may think, well, how is that unique to 2022? Why would that be unprecedented compared to previous years? 
And here it is, because God has led us to establish a second campus. And not only that, he's placed us in a place that's growing, one of the fastest growing areas in the state, even in the country. I don't know about you, but every time I blink, there's a new development. When I drive by a road I haven't driven by in a while, it's just growth everywhere. God is bringing people here. I believe it's our opportunity to share the gospel with more people. It is, in fact, unprecedented. And that means as we begin 2022, as we begin a new year, we are now stewards of an unprecedented opportunity. Now, what does that mean to us, though? Well, I think we learn from the life of our Savior, Jesus, who as he walked the earth, no one would argue that he had an unprecedented opportunity. He was here to bring salvation to the world for all of mankind. And then we are reminded that as he walked the earth, that Jesus saw reaching people as his primary mission. In fact, would you just read this out loud with me? Jesus saw reaching people as his primary mission. And just to back that up, I want you to see it from Scripture, and then we're going to talk about that New Year's resolution. If you got your Bibles, turn with you to Matthew chapter 9. I want you to see this. If you don't have a Bible, there's one there in the pew. You can grab it, look it at the table of contents. But it's the first book in the New Testament. It's pretty easy to find. Matthew chapter 9, and we'll begin in verse 9. This is a great conversation. It's really a dinner that we're about to peek in on and see the heart of Jesus revealed at this dinner. Now, Jesus has been walking around healing people. This is early on in his ministry. And now we come to verse 9. Of chapter 9 it says as Jesus went on from there he's been healing people he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the tax collectors booth and Jesus says to him follow me and immediately Matthew got up and followed him now we always have to stop here and remember why it's significant that scripture points out that Matthew was a tax collector because you and I may know of an IRS agent who we may or may not be fond of, but it's very different than the way they view tax collectors back in the first century. Because they were actually in bed with the enemy, so to speak, the Roman government, the people, the government that was oppressed. Uh, oppressing the, the Jewish people, and these tax collectors were Jewish people who were actually charging extra so that they could line their own pockets. In other words, the Jewish people saw them as betrayers, their own people betraying them, manipulating them, and stealing from them. So, in fact, Scripture often puts tax collectors in a different category. There are sinners and there are tax collectors, right? This is the way the Jewish people saw them. They truly despised them. But watch how Jesus views them. Look at verse 10. It says, while Jesus was having dinner at Matthew's house. This is the tax collector. Why in the world would Jesus, God the Son, go to the most despicable person, the despicable occupation of a tax collector, and have dinner with him? Because remember, Jesus saw reaching people as his primary mission. And he simply saw someone who didn't yet get exposed to the gospel, and so he's there at his house. But he's not the only one who there. Watch who else is at this dinner. rest of verse 10, it says... And many tax collectors and sinners, two different categories, came and ate with Jesus and his disciples. You can imagine what his disciples are thinking. 
Because they were raised to despise tax collectors too. They've been following this Jesus. They've given up everything to follow this Jesus. And now Jesus is at a tax collector's house? It's got to be very confusing for them. But Matthew, I often wonder if he didn't have an inside track into what our lives should be like. Because Matthew believed that everybody falls into two categories. There are people who know Jesus and people who don't. And his friends don't know Jesus, so guess what he's doing? He's bringing them into the presence of Jesus so that they can know Jesus. He sees everybody in one of two categories, those who know Jesus and those who don't. However, the Pharisees, the religious people, they have a different lens through which they see people. Watch their lens. In verse 11 it says, But when the Pharisees saw this, they asked Jesus' disciples, Why does your teacher, not our teacher, your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners. See, they have a lens, too, through which they see everybody. It's people who follow the rules and people who don't. And if that's our lens, and isn't it easy to gravitate toward that lens, then we will see people as inferior or superior. I'll see myself inferior or superior if my lens is those who live a certain way and those who don't. Whereas Matthew saw it as people who know Jesus and those who don't. The question is, which lens did Jesus view people through? That's what I want to know. And Jesus wants to make that crystal clear. Look at verse 12. Jesus responds and he says, On hearing this, <clears throat> Jesus said, It is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. And immediately, the Pharisees listening would have gone, Well, clearly we're the healthy. And clearly the sinners and tax collectors are the sick. But Jesus wants to clarify, no, 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 you're even seeing that wrong. Because he goes on to say, no, 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 but go, verse 13, and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. And if you write in your Bibles like I do, you might write beside verse 13, write down Hosea 6, 6. He's quoting that passage, that minor prophet here in verse 13. He says, go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. In other words, you can't sacrifice or behave your way into good standing with me. You only come into good standing with me through the mercy of God himself and what Jesus is about to do on the cross. So that means, what he's implying, and he's about to reinforce, Pharisees, you're not healthy. You're sick, because only the mercy of God will make you healthy. The difference between you and the tax collectors and sinners is they know they're sick and you think you're healthy. And then he goes on to say, for I have not come to call the righteous. Why would I have even left heaven if there were righteous here or people who could become righteous on their own? I have come for sinners. And he summarizes this by essentially saying, we are all sinners pointing other sinners to the Savior. We are all beggars, pointing other beggars to the food. And this is where there are two different opposite perspectives in this passage. If you see this, the first perspective is Jesus pursued people far from God. However, the Pharisees ignored people far from God. They even judged or criticized people far from God. Jesus is all about this. Why? Because he saw his primary mission as reaching people. This was the heart of, and can I just say, it's one of the things I love about LifePoint Church. 
from day one, we've been a church laser-focused on people who don't know Jesus and introducing other people to Jesus as the sole source of hope in this world. We recognize that we aren't spiritual consumers, but we are spiritual contributors. We even go as far as to say the church isn't even for us because we are the church and we exist for the world. We recognize our primary mission is to point people to hope, and hope is found in Jesus. He is the way, the truth, and the life, and we want everyone to experience a relationship with God through his son. It's our heartbeat, and it always has been, and I love that about our church. So now let me get back to the one New Year's resolution I want to invite you to participate in this year. It's one thing. You can do one thing that can change everything for somebody else. This is a resolution that isn't even for you. Ultimately, it's joining the heart of God for the benefit of somebody else. Now, here's the, here's the reality, because I know what you're already thinking. If you're like me, you're thinking, yeah, but I'm kind of busy. I don't need another resolution. I certainly don't need my pastor giving me another resolution. Like, I didn't come here. I didn't fight 19-degree weather this morning to get here and be handed another resolution. I get it. But I just want to encourage you. You're busy going to school. You're busy raising kids, grandkids, and visiting them and, and doing work. I get that. But here's one thing you can do, and we want to make it as simple as possible. I want to invite you to do a new habit for 2022. This isn't a one-off, a one-time. This is a new habit, and here it is. Invite someone to church. Invite someone to church. Now look, that someone's not a project, but that someone is someone that you know their life would be positively impacted if they found a faith community like this that they could become part of. Because here's what we know. When we come on Sunday mornings, we experience worship by standing together and singing and lifting our eyes to our Creator and singing to him. We experience life change when people are baptized together, when we open God's word together. We experience something when we get into a group and we build relationship and we end up having others care for us and us care for others. We know what's happening over in children's ministry, whatever, in kids' ministry. They're having eternal truths planted into their hearts and we're equipping parents to disciple their children at home. We know what happens in students when you are able to build a friendship with other believers and you're able to be discipled in the faith. There's so many positive things that happen in your life when you're part of a faith community like this. Why would we not want to invite someone else to have that kind of impact in their life. And so we want to make it as easy as we can for you to invite someone and make it a new habit this year that you're going to invite people. And I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, ah, that's kind of awkward. I don't know. I don't want to impose. I don't want to be that guy. I get it. We want to make it as easy as we can. So I want to give you two triggers to begin to listen for that are your cue to invite someone to church. They are two knots, N-O-T, that are your cue to invite someone to church. When someone says, I'm not in church, don't like church, don't want to be in church, that's your cue, or life's not going well. When someone says life's not going well, I believe that's your cue to invite someone to church. Your two knots, I'm not in church, or life's not going well. Now you may ask, now Mark, do you really believe the church is the answer for everything? I just want to tell you, 
I believe what the late pastor Adrian Rogers said. There really are only three problems in this life. The source of all problems that all of us experience. And those three sources of all problems are sin, sorrow, and death. And the Bible addresses all three. And I do believe that it is a significant part of a thriving relationship with God to be actively involved in a local church. Do I believe it's the only resource? No, I believe there are amazing parachurch organizations that we partner with throughout this county and throughout the world. But I believe it is an essential part of a thriving relationship with God because the Bible addresses the greatest needs in our life and we need each other to grow in our faith. Now, so I want to invite you to do a new habit, to invite someone to church. You're going to do it. You're excited about it. You're ready to do it. I can tell. And then you're going to listen for someone who's not in church or not, life's not going well. And now, because we want to make it really easy for you, I even want to tell you what you can say when you invite them to church. And here it is, very simple. Just say, come sit with me. Would you come sit with me? Here's what I don't want to encourage you to say. Hey, you ought to come to our church sometime. That's kind of code for we ought to get together sometime. You ever say that to somebody, which kind of means we're never going to get together, but we both kind of want like the idea of it. If there were ever a magical moment where we had nothing to do and you were around, I think I'd spend five minutes with you. That's what it's code for, right? It's the same way when you say you ought to come to church sometime. It's sort of this magical thing that means it's never really going to happen. But if you say, come sit with me. I'll meet you in the parking lot, I'll meet you in the lobby, I'll meet you at a certain door, but I want you to know you're not going to have to navigate it by yourself. I'll save you a place. I just want you to come sit with me. Now, some of you are volunteers, and you serve in children's ministry or student ministry. You may serve on the guest information team. You may make the coffee, serve on the tech team, serve on the worship team. We've got a lot of people, as we saw in the video, more than 300 volunteer roles to make this great ministry happen. But it's why we want to continue to build this base. Because I want to tell you, if you serve somewhere, we want you to feel the freedom to invite someone and say, come sit with me. And you have the complete freedom to call or email or text your volunteer leader that week and say, I can't serve this Sunday because somebody's going to come sit with me. And we're going to celebrate the fact that you got somebody coming. We're going to pray for you. We're going to have you covered because we have a lot of volunteers. And we want this to be the heartbeat and habit for all of us this year. Now they may ask, most people don't, but every once in a while you'll get even a little more pushback. When you've invited someone to church, they're intrigued, and then they'll say, well, why? Why should I come to church? And here's your response. Look, life's complicated. We just want to help. Life's complicated. We get it. And we just want to help. We're not trying to sell anything. We're trying to celebrate someone who's made all the difference in this world and in my life. So invite them to come by saying, come sit with me. When you hear them say, I'm not in church or life's not going well, and if they ask why, well, life's complicated and we just want to help. I just want to tell you, this is a big deal. This isn't something we can do or even should do. This is something we must do. You know why? Because it's the heartbeat of Jesus, our Lord and Savior, to invite people into a relationship with him. And I'm telling you, if you want to share the gospel with them right there, knock yourself out, but you still need to invite them to church so they can grow in their faith. This is why we exist. 
And at the end of the day, I find it difficult to be a follower of someone if I don't share the heart of someone. And Jesus' heart is to reach people who don't know him. And this is our opportunity. So here's the question. Will we be good stewards of this unprecedented opportunity before us in 2022? See, at the end of the day, somebody invited you, and they took the courage. Somebody invited your parents, and they took the courage to do that. Would you be that someone in someone else's life to invite them to what could be a life-changing experience for them? And let me just tell you, I lied earlier when I said it wouldn't benefit you. In reality, it'll change everything for you. When you begin to invite other people to church, you will see everything differently. In fact, when you consistently invite someone to church, it'll impact the way that you serve. Because what you'll discover is what we've all discovered here. I've only been here 10 months, and there has yet to be a Sunday when it wasn't someone's first Sunday. Every Sunday is someone's first Sunday where they are reconsidering faith and reconsidering a relationship with God and reconsidering a relationship with the church. That means when we serve, when we're consistently inviting someone, I will begin to look and I will have an eye out for those people who it's their first Sunday. It'll impact the way I serve when I am on mission for God. Secondly, it'll impact the way that you give when you're consistently inviting someone. Because no longer will you just be giving because you're being obedient, although that's a really good reason, or just because you want to worship, although that's a really good reason. You'll also recognize that you are on mission, that you're joining the greater mission of God, the very heart of God, to leave the healthy and go after the sick, to leave the righteous and go after the sinner. It'll also impact the way you sing. You say, the way I sing? How is that possible? Because when you recognize there are other people in this room who are guests, who are reconsidering faith, and you're singing to a God who changes lives, you're going to sing with all that you have, even if it means they get to borrow from your faith today. You're going to sing knowing that you will provide it because they're a guest in the room, and you want to be the person who draws them to this great God. It'll not only impact the way that you give, the way that you serve, the way that you sing, it'll impact the way you evaluate your church. And this is important because all of us have a lens through which we evaluate things. And the natural tendency is to be like the Pharisee and evaluate it based on who we are and what we want. But let me give you a real encouragement. As long as we are evaluating our church through the eyes of people who don't know Jesus, we're going to eventually get it right. I'm going to tell you, we won't get it right every Sunday. And we're going to keep trying to make improvements to get there. But this is the lens through which I want to encourage you. Hey, is that helpful for my guest? I want my guest to know who Jesus is. I don't know if they know where that verse is in the Bible. I don't know if they know that song. I don't know if they know where the restrooms are. I don't know if they know what's next, how long the service lasts. You want to help us. We want to evaluate the service through the eyes of someone who doesn't know Jesus, through the tax collectors and the sinners, because guess what? That's us. That's us. We are all those sick people who are sinners in need of a Savior. And our mission, just like Jesus, is to reach more people for him. So I want to tell you, I want to give you a little sneak preview of your favorite Sunday in 2022. The Sunday that at the end of the year, I believe you will look back on and say, without a doubt, that was my favorite Sunday. You're going to find somebody, you're going to hear them say, I'm not in church or life's not going well. And you're going to say, come sit with me. And they're going to say, okay. 
and you're going to swallow and go, they're coming. And then you're going to meet them, and your heart rate's going to be racing a little bit. You might even have a little bit of sweaty palm, and you're going to sit with them. And I want to give you some commitment. When that happens, I want to commit to you that we're going to be ready and we're going to be respectful. We're not going to embarrass you. We're going to welcome them and try and be as warm as we can be. And that when I write that message, I will have your guest in mind. But then here's the partnership, and this is why I think it'll be your favorite Sunday. At the end of that service, when I say every head bowed and every eye closed, on that Sunday, I give you permission to leave one eye open. And you can watch your guest. And when I say raise your hand if you want to give your life to Jesus, and your guest does that, and tears flow down your face, that'll become your favorite Sunday. And that is why we exist. And that is what we want this to become. A big table full of tax collectors and sinners. Beggars pointing other beggars to the food so that we can make a difference in this world and join Jesus on his mission. And so I want to invite you to do that. So I want to give you an assignment this week. Here's the assignment. We're trying to make it as easy as we can. I want you to begin to listen for people who might say, that I'm not in church. And then listen for people who might say, life's not going well. And when they say that, and you'll hear it this week, I want to encourage you to speak up and say, well, come sit with me. And if there's any pushback, say, look, I get it. Life's complicated, and we just want to help. Life's complicated, and we just want to help. Now, I said we want to make it easy, so we're taking an extra step this time. And next week, we are beginning a brand new series that may be one of the easiest to invite someone to. Next week, we are beginning a relationship series. And here are just some of the topics that we're going to be covering over the next five weeks. Next week, is this person right for me? Don't look at your spouse. January 16, help, dating is complicated. The 23rd, transforming your marriage. The 30th, responding to mean people. Don't look at your spouse. February the 6th, repairing a relationship. And you may wonder, well, who is this series ultimately for? It's for people who are dating and people who aren't. People who are married and people who aren't. If you've ever known a mean person or you look in the mirror and see a mean person, if you've ever had a strained relationship, this series is for you. In other words, it is for everyone. Because there is this paradox in humanity. And that is, Satan loves to use relationships to hurt us. God uses relationships to heal us. It is a paradox. I just want to say, we're going to go through this series together, and it's simply entitled, Relationships Matter. But why are they so hard? So I want to invite you to invite someone else to join us next week and over the next five weeks. In fact, on your way out today, we're going to give you an invite that you can take with you that, that uh, specifically addresses this series. You can hand it to them and say, hey, would you... Say it with me. I want to, these four words. It starts with the word come. Ready? Here's what you want to say to them. Say it with me. Come sit with me. You guys are good learners. I love that. It's encouraging. You're paying attention. Come sit with me. And if there's any pushback, say, look, life's complicated, and we just want to help. Here are five weeks. I want you to come with me as we kick off this new series. We're going to share this on social media this week. You can share it. You can copy it and forward it to someone and just say, hey, would you want to come sit with me? You can actually, we'll email it this week. You can take it. You can copy it and paste it. Or you can forward it to somebody. Say, hey, you want to come and sit with me? Make this a week that we invite people. Why? Why is it? Is, it, is this about size or just trying to get bigger? Not at all. 
This is about life change. And we want to see more people come to know Christ. Why are we so passionate about that? Because Jesus saw reaching people as his primary mission. And so should we. And I believe 2022 will be an unprecedented opportunity. And I believe it's going to be an extraordinary year, but ultimately we need the hand of God on it all. We can't do this by being clever or being super strategic. We know we need the power of the Spirit to move in us all, through us all. We just have to be willing to get into the game and make this a new resolution. So I want to ask you if you'll make this a New Year's resolution that you will commit to saying, come sit with me to more people. You'll listen for people to say, I'm not in church or life's not going well, and you'll take the courage to speak up and say, well, would you come sit with me? Offer his glory. Offer people. We'll change someone's life. Not ours, but we'll change theirs by just making the invitation. So here's what I want us to do. We need the Spirit's leading in all this. And so we're going to do something a little special today as we close. I've asked our pastor emeritus, PG, if he would come and close us in a prayer today. And then we're going to sing together. But I've asked him to just pray a prayer of blessing. And, amen. And to pray a prayer of thanksgiving for last year and a prayer of, 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 of blessing over this coming year. And he's not in a Hawaiian shirt today, but he said it was bright enough where he thought it would qualify. So I agree. But let's all stand together as we receive this prayer to kick off a new year from Pastor George today. Pastor George. Thanks, Pastor Mark. <clears throat> let's go ahead and bow our heads. Lord, we come to you as our Heavenly Father and acknowledge that you are a gracious God. And we want to take a moment as we begin this new year to be grateful for all the things that you have done for us as a spiritual family. God, I thank you for leading Pastor Mark and the Regan's family here and for the transition that we have experienced over these past few months. God, we're grateful for the growth that we see in our children and in our students right here. We thank you for the resources that you've provided for us. God, you've been so good in a time of a pandemic and when many are not in church and giving. God, you've shown yourself faithful here. And God, we thank you mostly for 35 professions of faith that are now gonna be around your throne forever and ever and ever. God, we come to you today having needs ourselves. We wanna be connected to the vine. We don't wanna be separated, God, because we know that our needs are met as we're attached to you. And I wanna pray for each and every family here today, God, that you would grant them soul rest, that they would know who you are and that you are for them in the center of their being. I pray that you would deepen their relationships with their families and friends, that you would help them to be stable and strong because they know that their confidence is in you and your word and that you would meet their needs, that they would grow in success physically, emotionally, relationally, 
vocationally, God, across the board, that they might be stimulated as they look into the future, as Pastor Mark has encouraged us, to see that the future is held in your hands and not ours. But we are grateful that you have given us your Holy Spirit, that as we enter into it, you will remind us of the very things that we have been challenged with here today to have hearing ears, to listen to people who are hurting, who feel helpless and hopeless, who don't have a church or where life isn't working for them. And God, we would pray at that very moment that you would give us courage to speak a few words into their lives that could make an eternal difference. Because God, we're looking to you to see that this world is different in the future than it is today because of your son, Jesus Christ. And so we lift this up to you, God. We trust in you. You are our heavenly father and you have always been good to us. And we are excited, looking forward to the breakthroughs and the new things that you're gonna do this year. Lead and guide us individually, as families, and as a spiritual family. In your son's precious name we pray, amen. I hope today's message was an encouragement to you. And if you'd like a little more information about our church, just visit us on our website at lifepointplano.org.